This is the All Pro Wrestling 100 Podcast for November 30th, 2020. I'm your host, JB. This podcast is all pro wrestling, and it is only pro wrestling. We have a special segment tonight in this void left after the Thanksgiving break in pro wrestling. We're going to bring you our top talent of 2020. This has been a unique year, so this is a unique list. This is not going to be the PWI Top 100. You're only going to hear a list like this right here on All Pro Wrestling 100. So let's get right to it. Unique year. I call it the COVID Most Valuable Pro Wrestlers. You look back to a year ago, we had Brock Lesnar carrying straps. We had Becky Lynch being unbeatable. Both of those people disappeared as soon as this pandemic began. And the people that have stepped up to fill that void in all the promotions. Not just WWE that lost people, but in every promotion, guys and ladies have stepped up to fill the void. Now, they haven't necessarily been the people that have been pushed the hardest by those promotions. So, to show you what I mean, we're going to start off with honorable mentions. That is not an insult on this podcast. It is an honor to be mentioned amongst the most important and valuable players and pro wrestlers in a year, especially a year like this. However, these are not the people that I feel have carried the program and that have kept viewers and maybe brought some new viewers. These are, I'm going to start with the people that have been given the most opportunity, the people that Vince and the companies behind them have tried to hitch the wagon to and said run. We're going to start with Drew McIntyre, two-time WWE Universal Champion during this period. He beat Brock Lesnar with a gazillion Claymore kicks in like four seconds. He's the first person to get a two-second victory, folks. Somehow, he gets the fastest world title victory in history. We don't see Brock Lesnar again. Drew's had epic feuds with Randy Orton, which he won nearly every match. He's feuded with pretty much everybody that mattered except Roman Reigns, but the ratings have continued to drop and interest in the current product has continued to wane. He gets an honorable mention because I've always loved Drew McIntyre, and I'm really happy to see him get his chance to be at the top. I wish it didn't have to be in this scenario, and I wish we could see how arenas full of people would react to seeing him. I wish we could have seen how the world would react to see Drew McIntyre versus heel Roman Reigns. Would they have booed Roman like they've booed Roman in every big match over the last five years? Would they have cheered Drew as loudly as Vince piped in cheers for Drew? I, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen it. And while we talk about people that have carried programs through booking and main events and title matches throughout COVID, let's talk about Bailey. Bailey has had a ton of matches. She cut her hair off and embraced this heel character, and by doing so, gave up a ton of money. Listen, when little girls say, I want to be a hugger, and you sell t-shirts to them, you print money. Okay, And to turn heel and cut your hair off and have people stop singing you songs and telling you how wonderful you are and to stop being a child's role model, go ask Hulk Hogan what a tough decision that is. Bailey embraced it and did everything they asked her to do. Did it work? Mm, I don't know. I think long term it's going to look good for Bailey's career to have had, have had an historic SmackDown title run. She turned on Sasha Banks, finally got the upper hand in that feud. We'd seen Sasha take advantage of Bailey for years, so finally Bailey gets a chance to be the bad guy, but I don't know. I, I mean, in my opinion, it's not good for Bailey's uh, long-term career to have turned down all that money and that super babyface image. Uh, that's the same argument. To turn Bailey heel is the same argument you use to turn John Cena heel. There's a reason you don't do it, though, and the reason is because John Cena sells t-shirts to children. And so did Bailey. 
and Bailey probably stopped selling t-shirts to children about the time she cut her hair off and turned heel and started stabbing all of her friends in the back. So, moving on, Braun Strowman. Hey, listen, it was Braun's turn to get a win. Braun has been embarrassed by just about everybody, from Roman Reigns to Bray Wyatt to that Brock Lesnar. Braun's been embarrassed and beaten by just about everybody, and now Braun gets a chance to get over. And did he get over? I don't know. It's an empty arena. He got to go down to the Wyatt compound and exercise his demons, I suppose. Or did he? Did he drown in the lake? I don't know. Uh, Braun carried a title for a while. He got a couple big wins. And then was stripped of the belt and sent to Raw Underground with Shane McMahon. And hasn't really been in the title picture since. Right now, Braun Strowman is suspended. Uh, Again, this is the honorable mention. I wanted to see Braun get a chance, but he had been jobbed so much and been made to look foolish so often that I really couldn't find that I cared once he was finally given a title run. So, these people deserve the honorable mention. They did the best they could in a difficult situation. But were they the draw? No, absolutely not. They're not the draw. Now, the draw are the people I'm about to start talking about. Uh, The draw are people that make me want to tune in. They make me want to watch the pay-per-view. And and so let's get to the list of people who are actually the most valuable pro wrestlers in COVID 2020. We're going to start. We'll start at the bottom, work our way to the top. Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes. Now, this sounds crazy. Rob Van Dam, he's like like 60, right? Listen, Rob's got an incredible heel gimmick going right now where he accuses people of stealing from him and claims that he's the most original pro wrestler and all the young guys steal his moves. And while he's doing this, he's got Katie Forbes, who has abdominal implants, who has posterior implants. She might even have thigh implants. And she twerks, and she shoots money out of a money gun. I don't know what you call it. It's a money gun. It's a confetti gun that shoots fake money. And she twerks, and she shoots fake money. And she films adult videos on uh, Snapchat and, and striptease and twerk videos on social media. And she comes out and makes out with Rob Van Dam. And Rob puts on slower and slightly less acrobatic versions of the matches he used to put on. But Rob still puts on acrobatic matches. And with Katie out there with him and him doing a heel gimmick, it was a really it was a highlight of Impact Wrestling all the way through fall of 2020. In September, Rob parted ways. But Rob came in on a three-match deal and stayed for nearly the entire year. So best of luck to Rob wherever he ends up landing now that he's left Impact Wrestling. He, he really did make Impact a better program for having been there during this difficult 2020 COVID season. Next up, MVP. Montavious, the biggest surprise. He eats up mic time on Monday Night Raw, and he puts guys over that can't cut promos. He can still wrestle. We covered him in 2019 working indie shows at literally... Indian reservations, working indies at Indian reservations against Chavo Guerrero Jr. And now he's back and he's on the big stage and he's wearing fine uh, tailored suits and he's putting guys over and he's contributing to the product. He's making the product better. This guy has a career when he leaves WWE. I hope he gets the U.S. title for a real run soon. I hope he gets a singles push with the Hurt Business, who is my favorite stable right now in the WWE. Again, MVP, one of the most valuable pro wrestlers in this 2020 COVID season by far. Next up, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. This is must-see TV when he's on. Now, he's had some bad booking. He was booked to lose to Goldberg. He should have had a long run as champion, and he didn't. Uh, Last November, he lost at Hell in the Cell to Seth Rollins. Huge mistake. But uh, throughout this COVID season, 
He's moved around from program to program. He's fit in wherever they've put him. And I believe people tune in and they stay tuned in to see the Firefly Funhouse, to see the Mr. Roger characters fight, and to see The Fiend. So this has been a highlight of the 2020 COVID season. And in an era where a lot of the stuff needs to be overproduced and needs to have a lot of post-production, it's a great time to have a monster character that actually has some horror effects that you can use and utilize this post-production era for. You're filming in an empty arenas, so take advantage of it. The Fiend allows you to take advantage of post-production possibilities to make a more authentic, scary-looking villain than you could in a live event, huge arena setting. So, good timing for The Fiend. I'd like to see him get another reign. Bray Wyatt deserves to be a three-time world champion, folks. He's had two successful gimmicks over the last decade. Good stuff. Next up, John Ambrose Moxley. Listen. This guy's an IWGP US Champion with the longest reign in that title's history. This guy is an AEW Champion, and he's the second AEW Champion. He's, he's held that belt with prestige. He has increased the value of the AEW title, which Jericho did a very good job. So that's a, a big, a tall order following Chris Jericho's reign. He has increased the value of the belt. He has made this, I'd say, the most prestigious belt in pro wrestling in 2020. Full Gear, the best pro wrestling pay-per-view of 2020. So John Ambrose Moxley having himself quite a season. He, I believe John is about to lose his title to Kenny Omega. But either way, John's had a great year and he has helped carry us through this difficult 2020 COVID season. AEW would not have been the same without John Moxley. So thank you, Moxley. A lot of independent promotions, the highlight of their season was a surprise appearance by John Moxley. So John Moxley's done a lot for the business of pro wrestling. The entire business thanks John Moxley for his 2020 COVID season. Next up, Cody Rhodes, TNT title. He creates this belt for himself and he uses it to put himself over, but he makes the 2020 COVID season a little more bearable. AEW is better at a small arena, nearly empty arena, or empty arena event than the WWE has proven to be. So Cody brings this TNT title up and he uses it to put himself in feuds with guys like Brody Lee, who had a bunch of heat coming in, a bunch of momentum, and Darby Allen, who's a big fan favorite. Big fan favorite. People want to see Darby Allen get a push. Of course, Cody Rhodes is putting himself right next to him, trying to get the rub off all that all that positive heat, the way his daddy used to. Every time somebody got some crowd interaction and some fan love, uh, Dusty Rhodes had to put himself right next to that person. Uh, Nikita Koloff, Road Warriors. Uh, so anyway, Darby Allen, same deal. Cody fought him. Now he's going to saddle up next to him. Don't be surprised if those two end up getting TNT tag titles. But there's worse places for Darby Allen to be then saddled up next to Cody Rhodes on his way climbing to the top. So if Cody wants to have long, years-long feuds off and on with Darby Allin, and that helps propel Darby Allin to the top, so be it. I'm fine with it. At least Cody isn't burying people. Finally, the most valuable men's top talent of this 2020 COVID season, Randy Orton, 14-time world champion. He finally gets that reign during this COVID season, and he ends the somewhat boring, somewhat lackluster reign of Drew McIntyre. Drew wins it back, but still, it's an interesting reign because of the feuds with Randy Orton. Randy, of course, has the greatest match ever at WrestleMania, which was not the greatest match ever, but 
It was interesting and it was well booked. Uh, it was extremely choreographed. He helps take part in bringing Edge back, which I'm sure a lot of people are very happy about. And Edge wants to work with Randy. So Randy helped usher Edge back in. He did the right thing by putting Edge over. He's done the right thing by putting Drew over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I like seeing Randy with the 14th belt. I'm going to like seeing Randy with the 15th belt. And I've talked about before on this podcast, I hope at some point in the near future, next couple of years, while we can still do it, and while it still matters, and while there are still fans that care, I want to see Randy Orton, John Cena, and Triple H all chasing historic title runs and all chasing Ric Flair. I want to see John Cena being stifled on his chance to get 17 by Hunter trying to get uh, 14, I believe it is, and Randy trying to get 15 or 16. It could be awesome. It could be awesome. You throw The Rock in there for one more run, feuding with his cousin Roman, and all of a sudden you're bringing viewers back to the WWE. It's not all about youth movement. If you look at the WWE's history, you've got some veterans that take turns being on top. You've got some co-main events. You usher in the next generation while you get as much as you can out of the guys that help build it and lay the foundation. There's nothing wrong with that booking. If you don't want to see Hunter in the ring one more time, challenging for a world title, then you're just not a pro wrestling fan. And that's that. So let's talk the ladies. Let's talk some of these ladies. Who are the ladies that have meant the most to their promotions and the most to pro wrestling overall over the last 2020 COVID season? I say first and foremost, we have Asuka. And she leads the list. Asuka is a surprise. No one expected a woman who can't speak English to lead WWE's fan interest and to spend so much time on the microphone. This woman, she commentates matches. She gets two and three and four interview segments, both post-stage and out there in the ring, in every program, and she can't speak English. Uh, No one expected that, but the fans love it. And she starts off as a heel. She ends up being a babyface because the fans can't help but cheer her. Uh, Becky passes the torch to her by literally handing her a title. Then she goes on to defend it a lot. She gets a couple big matches. She fights twice at SummerSlam. She wins money in the bank, and in Charlotte Flair's absence, Asuka has carried this company. If you look back before Asuka was on every program and was promoing four times a night and fighting twice at pay-per-views, you had Becky Lynch in one corner, you had Charlotte Flair in the other, and then in the background you had Bailey and Sasha Banks, the horsewomen. Right now, Charlotte's gone. She's taking a vacation. And right now, Becky's gone. Becky's taking a vacation. Becky's priorities in her personal life, they have changed from moving up and becoming the man and becoming the the leading lady in pro wrestling to starting a family. It's not that those two can't intersect. It's that Becky has totally different priorities than she had 18 months ago. In this absence and in a COVID era, empty arena era, it would have been really easy to let the entire women's division send them out fledgling along with people like Peyton Royce playing the Grimace gimmick and just throwing one thing after another at at the table to see what sticks. That isn't what they've done. They went with Asuka. The fans liked it on commentary, so they continued to give her more and more mic time, and I think it works. And giving her the two matches at SummerSlam established her the way she should have been established when she came up to the main roster in the first place. I think it was wrong jobbing her right away to Charlotte Flair. I think it was wrong ending the streak the way they did so quickly. And then kind of having her just work mid-card and job to people for about a year. You know, it took a pandemic for Asuka to get her legitimate run up top. And that seems unfair. But this is the opportunity. And you never know in pro wrestling where it's going to come from. 
and without even knowing the language, Asuka's made it work. So to all of you pro wrestlers out there that can't get over, and all of you fans waiting for a guy to get over and get his chance on TV and wondering why it hasn't happened, look to Asuka. You don't even need to speak the language in order to get over with fans if you just put yourself out there and present yourself the right way and you put on good matches. So Asuka is by far the most valuable female in the 2020 COVID era of pro wrestling, but a couple of uh, other stars that have jumped out in front of their promotions, Sue Young slash Susie in Impact Wrestling, a ton of TV time. She tagged with Kylie Rose. They probably would have been in ta Impact Tag Champions next year had Kylie not mysteriously retired. Uh, she was murdered by Jessica Havoc and hung in a backstage segment. She beats Deanna Perrazzo to win her second Impact title this year. She's got that awesome mandible claw. I love seeing her on TV. She's sexy as Susie. She's kind of sexy as Sue Young. Love playing both characters. And last week on Impact, she had both of them on screen at the same time. So again, companies taking advantage of the post-production possibilities of an empty arena era. Speaking of mandible claws that look sexy when they're applied, let's talk Britt Baker, AEW's most valuable female over the COVID era. She's got great old-school heel action. She's got a new talk show, little Piper's Pit Brother Love action for you, where she runs some stand-up, like Johnny Carson style, where she starts, and then she interviews some people that need a chance to get over. She made me care about uh, TH2. So, hey, look, she's really good at being a heel female, and there aren't enough of those in pro wrestling. And I love the sexy mandible claw from the dentist. This is good stuff. She has a future long run as AEW Women's Champion, and she brings our list of 2020 COVID MVPs to a close. Uh, if you have ideas of people that have helped lead your favorite promotion in this empty arena era, feel free to email us at apw100podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe where you listen. There we go. I'll tell you. Between me and Chuck, we're going to get this production down one of these days. Coming up tomorrow, WWE Raw Recap. We're going to have Access Impact on Wednesday. We're going to have AEW Dynamite on Thursday. We're going to have another special segment on Friday and SmackDown Review on Saturday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Holidays. Get your shopping done early because shipping will be terrible. Stay safe. Thank you for listening. <laughs>